There is only one thing on this earth more powerful than evil, and that's us. Hi guys, this is Claire Kramer, aka the Great Glorificus, and you are listening to the Buffy Back Issue Bed. Welcome to the Buffy Back Issue Bin, the show where we go through all of the Buffy and Angel comics that are canon chronologically and conclude the story. I'm Zach. And I'm Emily. Yeah, this is going to be our last show, at least of this format. That's crazy. I guess. I mean... It's not like we've consistently <laughs> done this in a while, so I guess it's not that crazy, but... Like, we weren't really the ones working on this. I think it's probably crazier for the people directly involved. We're yes. M- we're more tangentially involved. Are we involved at all? Oh, we'll get to that page. Okay, fantastic. The page I claim for me. Fantastic. <laughs> we're not there yet. So, this final season, Buffy Season 12, The Reckoning. Yeah, still not on board for the name. <laughs> also, totally could have been dropped. Also, what a weird thing for you to, like, fixate on. I know, but none of the other seasons had names. They didn't? No. Oh. Well, what were you going to call Season 8? Everything? <laughs> Everyone Over <comes> 17 back. <laughs> years? Season 9, Robot Pregnancy. Just kidding. Just trying to think of a name for season 10. The one where they cross over. Now I'm just naming them like Friends episodes. I'm watching the cat as he tries to find a mouse. Season 11, Uncomfortably Real. Season 12, The, the Reckoning. Reckoning. This final arc is co-written by Joss Whedon and Christos Gage with art by George's Genty. I'm going to say Whedon is probably more of a plotter than a scripter. Okay, when you said that, I imagined P-L-O-D-D-E-R, like he's plotting along, like slowly walking. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, I imagined more of a... I mean, his know, na- skipper. I mean, he's going to get first credit for marquee value, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say Chris Duskage did the majority of the scripting. Yeah, I, you know better than I do. I'm just happy to read. And and returning artist George's Genty, the main artist for seasons eight and nine, with some other intermittent work in there. I do miss Rebecca Isaacs a bit just because I kind of associated her and Chris Duskage as kind of a team together, but it also feels very fitting to have George's Genty being the guy to finish us off. Seeing as how I think he's done more work on the comics than anyone. I would believe that. I could I could go with that. I mean, if you think about season eight, just how big that was, and then going right into season nine afterwards, I think he has the most credits to his name comics-wise. Yeah. Possibly with any Buffy story, now that I think about it. That's highly probable. Yeah, because you don't have other writers like, I did 40 episodes. Well, except for Joss. He definitely didn't write 40. Okay. I mean, his name is on everything, but I'm just saying like direct involvement. Whatever. Yeah. I should have done that math ahead of time. I didn't. <laughs> You and the math. Basic addition. <laughs> Is your natural enemy. Uh, so, I don't know. Should we do thoughts before or thoughts after or during? Um, This is all spoilers, just so we're clear. We're going to go through it like we did everything else. So if you haven't read all of The Reckoning, bear that in mind. There is no point to non-spoilers at this point, <laughs> yeah. I guess. It's good. You should read it. Non-spoilers over. Here we go. Okay, I'm going to stop making fun of The Reckoning. I must have did it again. I thought you were going to go into a... <laughs> the Reckoning. I thought you were going to go into a monologue at the beginning and the end. Yeah, I, I think you should limit it to one. Okay, cool. So why don't you monologue at the end? Season 12 begins in the future, the 23rd century, where we find Hearth. Who has been captured and has a spell put on him by some other guy with a weird goatee. And for those of us who haven't read every other season of Buffy, he is there to help fill us in. Mentions how they're in the future, and Frey is half a slayer, that he has the memories, she has the strength, and Buffy fought her this one time. But, so cool. But he has a fun stick that he's going to go back in time with and change the past and take all the power. But then Hearth's men just kill him, and he takes the magic stick instead. Hearth is like, thanks for figuring that all out for me. Bye. Then he goes to the past. 
And I will do this a couple of times. I want to give credit to the art for some attention to detail. There is a panel of Buffy and Frey fighting, and Buffy is wearing the exact same clothes that she was wearing in that season eight arc that she fought in. Which it makes sense. Because we have the same artist. Actually, it wasn't. He didn't do that arc. Well, it still makes sense because he was on most of that season. He did covers. So I'm going to say it makes sense. Also, everybody on this book just loves it so much. I would not at all be surprised that somebody went through that effort. Going back to the present, we get a lot of information really fast. One, it's been a year since season 11 ended. Some things have happened. There's a baby. It's Dawn and Xanders. They named it Joyce. Okay, so here's my problem. That's so sweet. So sweet. But Joyce, in my head, is automatically... An old woman. 47. (laughs) Well, so young. (laughs) I love the concept. I love everything about it. But I just can't wrap my head around a baby named Joyce. (laughs) And I don't know why, because clearly millions of babies have been named Joyce. But I can't... I bet that's one of those names that's falling off. Yeah, but it'll come back. Don and Xander own a house in the suburbs. But something else we find out. Why didn't they name her Joy? They could probably just call her that as a nickname. I don't think you're stuck with Joyce. Or even Joyce. like Jocelyn, but then shorten it. I don't know. I just have trouble with just Joyce for some reason. Because it's named after her dead mother, okay? I know, I know. Okay, anyway, back to what you were saying. It turns out that in the year that passed, Buffy and Spike have broken up. Dun, dun, dun. But they're still on kind of friendly terms. But awkward. Super awkward. Also, it, well, I guess we'll get it to the when we get to the end of the book, because I have some theories. You have every theory. But at the end of the day, there wasn't really a point to them breaking up. I know. It doesn't really affect the story one way or the other. No. But they're broken up. Unless the whole point is that Buffy doesn't need to be romantically linked to anybody. No man. You're not allowed to say that anymore. <laughs> that was terrible. That was awful. Is she cookies? Do you mean, is she baked? <laughs> yes. I don't know. Maybe that's the whole point I of this. Stand- they didn't bring up the cookies. They didn't bring up the cookies once. at all. They, they didn't even have it. cookies on a table. That would have been better. <laughs> like, hey, Buffy, are the cookies done? That would have been so much better. That is too on the nose, and that would have been terrible. It would have been hilarious. You don't get a pass at this script. So? You're like, I want cookies. You don't either. Oh, man. I wish I had a cookie, though. So Spike shows up for this housewarming party, and we get a lovely callback. Buffy says, and Spike, with a lovely season five callback, goes, I was just out for a walk, bitch, counting on his fingers the whole time. Who remembers that fun one? He was hiding behind a tree, and she punched him in the schnoz. Which we know, again, because she goes, I was trying to decide if I was going to punch you in the nose, but it would ruin the order. (laughs) I like it. It's really weird when he was hanging out behind that tree, though. Spike did a lot of creepy things, so yes, that was just one of them. But they hug and everything's fine. Later at the party, everyone is slowly arriving. Something that I like, Charles is just an adult again. I also like that they were just like, so there's nothing else that's going to happen? He's like, nope, I'm a normal age. Bye. (laughs) We fixed it. Don't worry about it. Wizard did it. Quite literally. A a witch did it. Probably. Probably with a wizard. Probably Willow. (laughs) They teamed up. As the party goes on and on, you know, with our regular people, we do get a confirmation of the timeline. This was, I think, the first thing you told me about this book when you first read Uh, it. You were like, the timeline has been set. I was like, I don't. Look, I haven't. Maybe I'll do it later in the show because we're not done yet. Try and figure out where everything falls. But Buffy says that she's 30 years old. That's how old you are. Thanks. You're welcome. We're the same age now, but that would put this at... You told me 2011. 2011. I was thinking 2003 plus eight, and I got there. Look at that basic math. Very proud of you. I think you said it before me. Well, it's because you told me it a couple months ago. 
and Buffy's complaining that she's 30 now and that she needs to become a real adult and she doesn't know what to do with herself and the police have offered her a job but she doesn't want to go back to that aptitude test thing. Yes, the haunting aptitude test. <laughs> uh, it turns out that Willow is running a center for Wiccans and also a lifestyle blog. So good job, Willow. Well, Willow says something horrible. It's a little too real. Buffy, I'll tell you a secret. Normal people are just winging it too. Yes. I think everybody agrees with that. <laughs> the illusion of childhood is shattered. Yeah, everyone has it together. No one has it together. No one has it together, no. Then someone rings the door. Buffy goes to open it. Not her house. Maybe step back a little, Buffy. That's Dawn's house. Close enough. Whatever. She doesn't know who it is. She opens the door to find that it's Angel and Illyria. And she does say something funny here. That she's like, of course, the people from London would show up unannounced. <laughs> and I totally agree with that. Buffy, that's super weird. But it happens a lot in your comics, so and in your TV show. So still super weird. Here's my least favorite thing that continued into the reckoning. Yeah. So I struggle with this <laughs> hardcore. Angel season 11 weirdly has a big impact on this season. I thought we had a pact not to talk about that season. Because, Dark Horse. Because Angel and Illyria are still together. For I have, some reason. I think, I think honestly, it's more that I don't... I feel like season 11 of Angel was so disconnected from the feeling of all the other seasons of Angel that it still feels weird to me that it's continuing in here. Like everything that happens in these four issues between the two of them is totally well within the bounds of fine and normal their <laughs> personalities and it sounds like them and all of those things. It just the residual effects of I was so surprised and then I haven't gotten over it. I love Illyria's opener to Buffy. Voice effect. This is uncomfortable. There's no need for conflict, Slayer. That your former paramour as my lover may offend your mortal sensibilities. <laughs> but as one warlord to another, arrangements can be made. Perhaps brief loans in return for hair products. The Fred creature's mane continues to vex me. Okay. <laughs> While all of that is super Illyria, which is awesome because that is more Illyria than Angel Season 11 really felt like. I don't know. I just, I don't know. I just have a hard time with that. <laughs> it's fine. Buffy and Spike then admit that they broke up. Angel's kind of smug about it. And then he lays down some exposition. Turns out that Hearth is coming back from the future to destroy the Slayer line. And also he's teamed up with Wolfram and Hart to do it. So let's combine all of our big bads into one. And all of our people yeah, into I'm, one book. I'm fine with that. That's all you ever want. Fair enough. Do they walk in a line? Uh, we're about to. <laughs> so everyone gears up for battle except for Dawn because she has to stay with the baby. Which is fair. She's like, I'm not some helpless woman. And Xander's like, I can't make milk. So you stay. Fair point. That's a fair point. Xander can't make milk. Xander's also not super useful in a fight, but whatever. No, he brings a crossbow. He's fine. He is fine. Spoiler alert. Angel also says that Faith has gone ahead and she's doing surveillance. Because let's not forget that Faith is part of this too. So they get to Wolfram and Hart and there's a line of demons. In the Silicon Valley office. They have one of those now. And we all line up in our line as well. No, I get a big There's kick some quips. out of this. Look at this Wolfram and Hart office. The exterior, the lobby, it's all identical to the way it was in season five of Angel. There was some serious attention to detail paid in this. Oh, the whole book just screams of attention to detail, right? Like everybody's voices are so incredibly appropriate. It's like everybody see where everything happened. Like, look, that's where Fred fell down and spit up blood on everyone. That's where Spike punched out a robot. That's where Angel got thrown up into the balcony. You're missing the point here, dear listener, where he's just pointing at the picture and being like, that one and that one. Look, I am pointing at relevant spaces. Yes. So suffice it to say, the art and the writing are both very clearly done with a lot of love toward this whole property. And then we get to a page that I own now. Yeah. With a line of people ready to go to fight. Do you want to know a fun yes. fact? 
Spike's weapon changes from panel to panel. Guess what you forgot to tell me. That I bought it? Yep. Oh, cool. That you bought both of them. <laughs> we're not there yet. Until they came in. <laughs> and you were like, so those pages came in. Guess what? <laughs> Guess who didn't know that you ordered pages of art? Yeah, it's fine. So big old fight. They fight all the demons in Wolfram and Hart. Faith comes in with a decapitated demon, stabbed him through the head. Good times. Hey, Faith. Very Faith. <laughs> yeah, why not? And the battle rages on only for a surprise villain to pop in. Hey, Mayor Wilkins. Yeah, it's the mayor. The mayor is back. Like, didn't we blow you up? He's like, yeah, I'm an old one. You can't really blow me up. To which you were like, but he was part of the first. It's true. I did. I reached out on Twitter to Chris Cage. I'm like, hey, glad my favorite Buffy villain's back. How's that work? He was supposed to be dead. The first can only take the forms of the dead. He's like, human form died. I'm like, I'll take it. It's canon. You also texted that to me with like no context around it. You were like, he responded to my tweet. (laughs) Like, who's he? What are we talking about? Just answers my dumb questions that I have about Buffy. Thank you, Christos. Faith is none too pleased to see the mayor. She's like, you made me a murderer. He's like, well, swell. Yeah, that was number one, an awful impression. I was taken aback by it. Number two, I love every single thing that the mayor says in this book. It's very, it's all very mayor. It is all very mayor. And it is just a charming addition. Except that he calls himself Dick Wilkins at one point. I don't think he'd call himself Dick. I can hear it. If he was like... (sighs) Trying to be down home. Trying to be what? I don't know. I'm tired. But with the addition of the mayor and a bunch of other demons, their plan is what it always is. Run away. Yeah. I'm not sure why they thought that this early in the season they could win a fight. I know. It's not May yet. Duh. But Xander calls Dawn. She opens up a portal because that's the thing that she does now. And they run away. And Hearth is like, no, this is how I remember it. The battle is already won. Blah, 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 blah. Everybody's like, this is not good. Not particularly good. And so they decide to open up a portal to the future. To go back to the future to find out what's up with Hearth. They successfully step through the portal only to have Frey and her sister pointing guns at them. Her name is Aaron. I forgot it for a second. I was going to give it to you, but I couldn't quite tell if you forgot or if you were just being coy. Nope. Forgot. But then I remembered. All right. So that's episode. Episode. That's issue one. We did. Up on our Patreon, we did do these issue by issue. Reading it all together, I think it flows really well. There's still definite breaks. Like, this is definitely the setup in issue two going, like, all to the future. But I think, as a whole, it reads very smoothly, despite kind of having these very clear lines of demarcation. I mean, it is incredibly remarkable to me what this team was able to put together. In four issues, yeah. Yeah, being given four issues. They couldn't trim a lot of fat, and they crammed a lot in. And... Everything's just spot on. Yeah. And it's done so intentionally. So in the future, Frey and Buffy immediately start fighting because that's what you do. It's a comic. And they start falling. Oh, remember when you were playing that Buffy video game the other day? I was like, what is this? Why are you just punching things? Oh, the one on Game Boy. Because you were Buffy. (laughs) Yeah. Made sense once I figured it out. Look, I was feeling nostalgic. I know you were. It looked like not the most exciting game. I got two levels left. Oh, wow. You're still playing? Okay, they, cool. They are unforgiving with really crap controls. Oh, well. I could beat it easier if the controls were better. It's a poor workman who blames his tools. It's what they jump. You can't turn around. It's like a seven second process and they can kill you in like two. Anyway, so. Whatever. Frey and Buffy are falling through the sky as one does. And they start yelling about Hearth. And by the time that they've come to the conclusion that Hearth is going to destroy Buffy's world because he has all the memories, they, they make it back the to Aaron. by destroying the past. And they're like, oh no, we need to team up together. Like, oh man, a- I'm sorry, I cut you off. Oh, I was really just going to say, Aaron had already gotten all of that out of Spike and Angel and was well into her crush on them. Oh yeah, she's flirting hard. With both of them at the same time. Angel seems to be really into it. He's just grinning along. He's like, yeah, 
that's what Angel does. Future flirt. Can't say future flirt. Also, didn't Illyria go with them too? Where's Illyria making awkward statements in the background? She's over there. She's slightly in the background, weirdly <laughs> enough. But very Illyria statements. Don't get me wrong. They're just awkward because she is awkward. And then we're going to go Tales of the Slayer style. I always mix up Tales of the Slayer, Tales of the Vampire. I think this is a Slayer one. And we go to Frey's library. I really like the library. Or and her monkey, his Gates. Mo- yeah, her monkey, Gates. Because, hey, I like that we're tying everything in. I just like the monkey. Giles in his sheepskin jacket. Really more of an Oz jacket. Giles does his Giles things in the library and reads up on everything, including the Mad Woman. A.K.A. Willow. Something I'm really impressed with this arc is the whole like Willow going evil in the future thing. I thought that was going to be dropped forever. Even like when it wrapped up, I'm like, eh, we'll never deal with this again. I did too, mostly because... I'll be damned if we didn't deal with it again. <laughs> wow. Mostly because it just didn't seem to touch on anything that we were going anywhere near again. But I love that they tied it into Frey's future. And I don't know. It's just very cool. And it's things like this that they managed to put in a four issue arc that it makes it very forgivable for some of the things that they didn't have room for, which you will, I'm sure, enumerate on later. I don't know what you're talking about. But let's dwell on the good things. I like positivity. Since the history books aren't super clear, Giles asks if there's anyone else who may have been around from their time, since there are, you know, immortals and whatnot. And Frey has the idea to go to Gunther. You might remember Gunther. He's a little fish demon, but apparently he's a mutant. Was that established before? That sounds fine. That makes sense to me. It did not throw me off. I didn't bother double checking. Like, was that a thing before? Was he always a mutant? I thought he was a demon. He looks exactly the same. Either way. I guess it would make sense for him to be a mutant because all the demons are supposed to be gone. So yeah, sure. Maybe they said it and I just don't remember. Yeah. I like it better this way. Anyway, so he's like, well, I have one client. She's immortal, but I'm not sure that she really wants to talk to you. She is the queen. I'll go find out. And he's like, yeah, she'll talk to you guys. So they go troop down, and who do they run into? But Harmony! Harmony, Of course Harmony survived. Uh, The end of the world. And I love the face. I love the face that Harmony is making in this panel. She has a unicorn pin. Obviously. Because unicorns are totally real. Well, they were. At one point. I don't know if they went away with the demons, but... And she is so excited to see everybody again because she thought that they all died, and she'd moved on very much so from their deaths, but she's very excited (laughs) to see them anyway. And she's like, look... Look at all of my servants. They're fantastic. You should get some. Look, I don't know how I'm going to do this smoothly, but it's a show tradition to do Hamilton references. So I'm glad Spike goes, oceans rise, empires fall, but narcissists are eternal. Do we have show traditions? Mostly making Hamilton references. Oh. That's about it. That's that's, As far as running gags go, that's the end of it. I didn't have a good joke to go with it. It was just there. Nanners. (laughs) That's a good one. Yeah, okay. There's another. Anyway. Ooh, watching boys die. There's... That was not one. You was just for keep me. saying it. Nobody else liked it. I did. Everybody else thought it was creepy and not funny. It's just you. I can't. You can't speak for the audience. Neither of the animals are impressed. Okay, you can speak for them. Yeah, Harmony said that she was really sad that everyone died. She cried for like hours. Uh, Harmony recounts the past. To everyone sitting in her throne. That is the it's dark a unicorn horse. throne. It's the dark horse logo with a horn on it. Fantastic. Great use of product placement. And behind her, there's, let's uh, call that a 30-foot mural of just nude harmony that she has up for herself. She's a piece of work. <laughs> She's a bit of a narcissist. She doesn't know all the details of what happened before, but from what we were vaguely told in the Frey miniseries, fears are confirmed. All of the Slayers lost their powers. Buffy didn't for some reason. Dawn opened up a portal. Willow kind of did a hurricane and shot all of the demons into hell. And Buffy had to go with them to force the rest of the demons in that Willow couldn't quite get. 
and we see a very familiar panel of Buffy's hand reaching out of the portal, which is next to identical to what we saw in Frey, except it was in silhouette last time. But, I mean, never, it never flat out said that it was Buffy, just, you know, the reader kind of assumed. Yeah. Um, and then we find out that nobody's quite sure what happened to Angel and Spike after all this. Maybe but they went to hell with Buffy. Yeah, Harmony liked that option. Or maybe they got drunk at sunrise and committed suicide with Buffy out of their lives. Together. Sure. But anyway, the short answer is nobody quite knew what happened to them. The Slayers are all gone. Most of the demons are gone. And things kind of settled down, but not in a positive way. Well, no one knows what happens to Faith either. And the only reason I bring it up, apparently Faith lost all of her memories of being a Slayer. So she's like a 15-year-old again. And Harmony goes, maybe she went back to Boston, Pac and Kaz. Christos Cage, once again, taking a shot at the accent. You have the accent every once in a while. I don't take shots at it. Because you have it. Yeah, only when I'm drinking. I don't have it. I wonder where he's from. He definitely does not like the Boston accent. It is very noticeable, to be fair. Xander and Don get old. Giles gets old and protects the portal from ever opening again and willow goes immortal and goes evil and everyone around her dies and she's not pleasant and no one knows what happened to Illyria. also we find out that harmony somehow knows that evil dark willow brought buffy back to the future so that buffy could kill her that was the whole reason because willow couldn't stand the guilt of having put buffy into a portal to hell forever fun so everybody's like i'm so sad yeah dark and harmony's like you guys should stay and they consider staying because hearth might come back they're gonna fight him to just try and change the past so it doesn't turn into this and angel gets real uppity he's like this is a very angel speech yeah he takes the whole like if nothing that we do matters then all that matters is what we do and he kind of flips that speech on its head a bit mixes it up and he says he's going to go back and he's going to fight for everyone prophecies be damned no one's going to tell him what to do and he's going to do it alone or people going to help if they want and i'm kind of glossing over it making it kind of willy-nilly but really it's a very good angel speech yeah it's one of his better ones I'm going to say this is probably my favorite Angel moment since After the Fall ended. I mean, Christos Cage did a whole season writing Angel, and I still think this is the best bit he's put out for the character. Yeah, I mean, this is great. Buffy gets a little bit weak in the knees. She's like, ooh, Angel. And then Illyria ruins it. My warrior, I stand with you at your side and defy time, fate, and any gods there be. Let them come, let them fall. And Buffy's making a very funny face. She's like, oh, man. But they all decide to go back to the past. And Frey and Aaron are, and the Monkey Gates are all going to come with them to make one final stand against Hearth and whatever demons Wolfram and Hart has pulled together. There's one really touching moment, though. Yeah. So Frey is like, hey, I need my sister and Gates to come with me, but also I want Gunther to come with me. And Buffy's like, sure, whatever. Which, how are they going to transport him back? There's so many questions I have, but whatever. So Frey goes to Gunther and she explains the whole situation to him. And he's like, my place is here among these people. I've never really fit in, but I've made my own way. And and this is my place. And it is heartbreaking. And then she goes, well, I guess you'll have to find another runner. Well, no, she says, Gunther. Yeah, stupid future speak. Some point, I got to be more than just a runner for you. Yeah. And then with tears in his eyes, which makes no sense because he's in a fish tank, says, no, Malaka, you were never just a runner. And it's this really touching scene. And I didn't know I wanted them to have a closure. Have a closure. You had tears in your eyes when you read it. I was underwater. Yes, both of you were. (laughs) 
weirdly touching. Yeah, I didn't know I want a closure on that relationship, but damned if I didn't. But that's the whole thing is that I'm so shocked at how much stuff they were able to put into this book. Yeah, actually take time for character moments and not just rush to the finish line. Like, it would not have felt awkward to just leave Gunther after we got to Harmony and just that we made our way back to the future, past, whatever we're going. No, this totally works. I love it a lot. It's lovely. This is perfect. And the whole gang's together, and they're going to go back and fight Wolfram and Hart and Hearth, and they're ready for him. Also the mayor. Back in the present day, Buffy has apparently called together all of the slayers in the area, because we have more than just our main crew now. You know, basically cannon fodder. And who else shows up but Andrew? He's back, baby. And he has all sorts of fun tech equipment for them. He has fun little earpieces, and he has a whole station set up for Giles so he can control everything. And a juice box that he keeps inside of his jacket. And he's super excited, and he's like, I'm ready to fight too. And everybody's like, Andrew, nobody wants you in that fight. And then... (laughs) You literally won't make a difference. One man won't make a difference. And then Giles says the sweetest thing to Andrew, and he says, have you ever considered being a watcher? If we all fall, someone needs to continue this. And Andrew, with tears in his eyes, he's not underwater, so it's fine. It's just a general theme. Whatever, I'll go with the tears underwater thing. Theme is more important than practicality. Yep, always. Generally speaking, theme comes first. So with tears in his eyes, Andrew accepts. I don't think we ever said that part. No. He also says that he's been in touch with Riley and Sam, but they can't get back to the states that are stuck over in Afghanistan. There's some kind of human powers that are trying to keep all their allies as far away as possible. And this is kind of the first of a series of check-ins of people who don't end up showing up. Yeah. Which is kind of nice because with only four issues, I totally see why you can't put everybody in them. But it's nice to have them not be forgotten as well. Buffy gives Andrew a hug and they part ways. Inside of Xander and Don's house, the two of them are arguing because Xander doesn't want her in the fight. She's like, I kind of have to be there. I'm the one with the mojo to make a portal, which I wonder, I am very curious if that was planned ahead of time. What portal? Wait, what? That Don has the ability to open portals. I wonder if that was part of the plan of giving Don that ability. Like way back when? It was only a couple of seasons ago. I'm very curious if that was part of the plan. I mean, you could I don't know. You could have always just had Willow or Giles do it. I don't think it would have been that big of a stretch, but it definitely gives Don a key roll. Ho ho, a key roll. That's terrible. I'm Didn't do it, it on purpose, but I'm going to stick it. Wow, that's terrible. Stick what? I don't know. Words, man. Anyway, so. <laughs> that's the kind of commentary you come to this show for. Right. Me struggling with words. So we go back and basically what it comes down to is they decide that gonna Don's be- going to go because obviously, and Xander's going to stay. Xander's not going to stay there either. They're going to let Joyce hang out with Xander's mom. Cool. Always stick a baby with an alcoholic. Okay, number one, that's terribly depressing. But all that it really made me think of was Harry Potter, you know, Tonks and Lupin and how they both die in the end. I don't know who those characters are. You do. You do. But it's okay. It's not worth dealing with right now. (laughs) Okay. But you do know who they are. And then we get to Lupin was in that movie that we watched. Lupin was in Wonder Woman. Oh, you mean the guy that's a werewolf? Because his name is Lupin. Remus Lupin. Mm. Remus Lupin. Yes, the werewolf. God, I could never guess that he was a werewolf. Whatever, it's for children, it's fine. Serious Black becomes a big black dog. Great. We're moving on to the most important page of all of this. Also, what kid knows Latin roots to be like, Remus means we're talking about a wolf and Lupin refers to the moon, lunar. (laughs) Serious is another word for a dog. Thank you. You don't want to talk about this page. I don't know why. Because somebody didn't tell me that we owned it. I told you I was buying this one. You did not tell me that. I literally did it on a Patreon exclusive podcast. You were there. You did not tell me that. We We have audio proof of it. So when all of this was going down, when it was first announced, and we knew that Angel was done as a series, and if you've listened to the show at all, you've heard me just campaign or complain, one or the other, about the lack of Angel's supporting cast. The alive ones. (laughs) 
Yeah, you don't need to bring back the desert ones. Or you could. To be fair, Aliri is here. She's alive. Yeah. And visually interesting. Yes. But I reached out to Chris Doskage on Twitter. I'm like, hey, if this is the end and Angel's coming over, I'm going to campaign for Cunningoner to get into the mix. Sorry, what was that? Campaign for Cunning. There it is. There it is. I'm so glad you said it again. <laughs> for Nanners and Connor. There you go. To come back. He said there was no plan for it, but he would try. We'd see what would happen. And then we get this page where Nanners and Connor are directly mentioned. And I reached out later. I'm like, was that me? He said, I don't know. Maybe. You might have put the bug in my head. And I said, great. I'm claiming this as my own. And now I buy and then I bought the page. Also, just so we're clear, this is a page of people talking. It's a lovely page. Don't get me wrong. But every other page in our house is full of like action, exciting, violence, except for the dog page. Because there's a dog. But yeah, this is just this Angel. is just people talking, which is like so not your normal speed. Well, no, but I understand why. That I may or and may you not called have me had an immediately influence. after again after Christos Cage got back to you, and you were like, "This is what his tweet said back." Do we? Do you think this means what I think it means? And I was like, I don't, I don't know. Look, I've had some feedbacks. People seem to generally think that I at least influenced it. Well, that's good. Fred and Angel are talking on top of a roof. Angel's saying that Fred has a choice in this whole fight. How do they have so many rooftop access buildings? I don't know. But if Fred doesn't want to be part of the fight with Illyria, then she has the option of leaving. And Fred basically says, no, I'm in it. I wish I could have called Gunn just to say goodbye. But if I did, he would have come running right over. And Angel mentions that he had Willow set up an email to send to Connor when all this is over because he didn't want the same thing. And she's so good with the computers. And Fred's like, that's just a scheduled email. Anyone can do that. He's like, really? Yes. Do you know who you reminded me of in that moment? Me? Yes. Because you are 30 going on 89. And for as much as I'm like, I did this page, I do have one small gripe with it. I've heard it already many times. Most other people haven't. Dear listener. Fred refers to Gun as Gun. I don't think she said that once. If she was going to say anything, she would have said Charles. But here's the thing. Somewhat out of context, there's no reference to Gunn or Connor before. If they'd flipped it and maybe said the thing about Connor first and then she could have gotten away with saying Charles, that might have been enough of a reference point. But just saying, I wish I could have said goodbye to Charles, most people get it. But there is Anyone a number of people- reading this book, if they don't know who Gunn is, then it would be over their head anyway. But that's the point is everybody knows who Gunn is. Not as many they people all know remember who Charles is. Charles Gunn. Of course they do. If they know who Gunn is, they know who that is. And if they don't, they don't. Anyway, I don't... Gunn is just not in her parlance. Excuse you? That was that was difficult to hear. <laughs> Anywho, small grit, moving on. You're welcome, everyone. I cared. You shook your head at me. I cared. I know. I know you cared. I was glad we got the reference of him. We also here get an interesting interaction between Faith and Willow. They have kind of their moment of like, the world's about to end. We've what are you doing? Before. Yeah. And it was kind of nice because I forget that they have a history together, that they actually did spend time together growing up. It wasn't just Buffy and Faith who interacted, but Willow was there too. And, and it's a complicated relationship. Yes. What was that one time that Faith kidnapped her and almost stabbed her? Details, details. And punched her. Details, details. Willow also did some really terrible things, not to Faith, but just in general. So let's not get too... No, they're definitely interesting characters. Like, if you're kind of having your like, you know, calm before the storm moment, it is interesting to pair up these two characters, but they have known each other for a very long time. And they're both kind of at loose ends right now. Like Willow is not romantically involved with anybody that we know of. Faith is not romantically involved with anybody. Everybody else is kind of saying goodbye to their partners. Or... I'll be honest. I thought they were going to hook up. I know. 
That's not an av- No, it just not like in a voyeuristic way, but they're both kind of you know alone at the end of the day in a bedroom. Actually, yeah, I thought they were gonna hook up. Um, I, I was wrong. Yeah, but I don't know. I I liked that interaction. Speaking so then we of- go back to people talking to their romantically involved partners or ex speaking of people that i thought were gonna hook up i guess they actually hooked up a bunch over many years yeah so spike and buffy and they buffy if you will talk it out again make sure they're they're okay still and they come to that same conclusion again they both decide that they're gonna get each other's back no matter what blah 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 and they go into battle so they gather up all the slayers and they go to battle at wolfram and hart and again small gripe i like that you're using wolfram and hart to try and tie the angel side of things into all of this but at the end of the day the wolfram and hart part does nothing it's a setting it's a setting that i appreciate but there's not even really a line that incorporates it to anything that we know for a second i thought you meant a physical line of people and i was gonna be like you would be the one to be like but there's no line (laughs) no no it's just wolfram and hart is a backdrop yes where i don't think they should be the focus by any stretch because we are finishing buffy's story and not angels but something other than that building is accurately represented i would have liked you know neither here nor there i suppose because it's all done so there's lots of fighting things happen Illyria doesn't want to turn into her Illyria form because she's not sure that she can control it and bring him back and then we do get one of my favorite moments of this whole book as everyone is you know fighting side by side angel and spike are fighting together who do you want to be? Because I think it's worth dialogue worth doing. I don't care. You're blonder than me. Okay. And it's funny to hear you say Britishisms. You're six, wanker. Thanks for that emphatic <laughs> read. It's very late at night here, guys. Spike stabs a demon as he kills one behind Angel, and Angel goes, got it, thanks. After all these years, we've gotten pretty good at fighting together. You mean me carrying that massive forehead of yours? Nah, sod that. Reckon you're right, mate. And then they both smile and kill things together. Aw, touching. And Beta George thanks them together in their heads. Wait, no, wrong. No, I miss Beta George. (laughs) The fight continues, but it's a losing fight. Faith goes up to Willow. She's like, hey, Buffy's done so much for all of us in the past. Give me the power. Open up the portal. I'm going to send all these bastards to hell. And Willow basically says, no, the power comes from the scythe. And that's Buffy's, not yours. So meanwhile, the mayor comes up and has his little moment snacking on some slayers yep hearth is just riding him like a pony wouldn't you would i ride a giant demon snake i think the answer is yes as long as he didn't eat me well yeah if he ate you no you're no longer riding him (laughs) but buffy calls the core group together which i means i guess all the other slayers are dying around them yeah they're like everybody (laughs) huddle team huddle we don't know their names let them die and so Hearth has previously told them that, that it's all going to come out the way that, basically the way that Harmony said. And so they're like, the only way that we can have any chance of getting rid of Hearth is by making history repeat itself or make the future repeat itself, I guess. And so they convince Dawn to open up the portal so that Willow can push the demons into it so that Buffy can keep them at bay. Uh, and Buffy and Giles get a goodbye over the intercoms, and it's very sad. Are you glassy-eyed right now? Possibly. I admit to nothing. That's a very true statement. Giles basically says that he never had children, but he could never hope for one as good as Buffy. And Buffy tells everyone that they need to live and love, and if they do that, then everything will have been worth it. And her and Willow go to the scythe, suck all the power from all the slayers. It's going to go into Buffy, only for Hearth to jump in. With a shepherd's crook. 
Yeah. And steals all the power because it's apparently a staff from one of those guys in the desert that made the original Slayer. How did you find that? He took a different stick from a different guy the very first issue. I wonder if they're supposed to be the same stick. I mean, they're not. No, because one was the time travel stick. And this is the power sucking stick? Yeah. So many sticks. Yeah, where does he keep them? Up his butt. No, he doesn't. In the mare. No, no. On the mare. He has a harness, a stick harness. So right as this is all happening, he steals all the power away. So now Hearth has both the Slayer memories and the Slayer power. And not just some Slayer power, all the Slayer power, except for Buffy's. Except for Buffy's, but nobody else has any Slayer power. So things are not looking great at the end of issue three. And then we go to our final three issues. I'm sorry, there's only one left. Yep. We've been over before in previous episodes that this was essentially a mandate. Like, you have to pump this out in four issues. You don't get any more. Do your best. As much as I do enjoy this last issue, this is the only one where you do kind of feel the strain of, we need to wrap it up. This could easily be three separate stories, but unfortunately, there's only you know room in one issue. Well, yeah, because normally at least one issue is dedicated to the aftermath, and we're still in the middle of the fight. And That sounds harsher than I probably mean it, because boy, they crammed a lot into this last issue. It really is lovely. Yeah. All right, let's jump into it. So, uh, the end. Hearth steals all the power. Buffy's like, that's very not good. <laughs> this isn't how it was supposed to go. Everybody else is like, that's very not good. Anyone who has strength runs at Hearth, Angel, Spike, Illyria, and he just tosses everyone aside. His and strength is beyond anyone now. Dawn still opens up the portal to push the demons in, but Willow, because she's weakened from doing the spell, doesn't have enough power to hurricane force win them in. So things are not looking great. Angel and Spike decide that they're going to try and push all the demons in themselves, only for Illyria to toss everyone aside except for Angel. She kisses Angel and... She tosses him aside, saying that he can't follow her. He shouldn't come after her. I guess you can do it. I have fun with the voice effect. My warrior, you will want to come for me. Do not. No happiness, as our enemies will know pain. And at that, her whole face rips apart so that she becomes her true self. Good old scaly tentacle bug Illyria. And Illyria, who has gone from wanting to destroy the world, saves everyone, takes all the demons, and pulls them into hell with her while Angel watches. And we see that familiar panel of what used to be Buffy's hand going into the portal, but Illyria's tentacle instead. And the portal closes. And all it says is, my friends. Well, she says farewell before that. Well, whatever. You know (laughs) what I mean. It's very sweet. There's a lot to unpack in all of this. I couldn't get confirmation on it, but I feel like this is a mirror to what we saw at the end of After the Fall. Illyria takes her true form, and she decides that in that form she has the power to destroy the world. That is what she is going to do to stop all of the pain. And this is 180 degrees from that. She turns into her pure form and sacrifices herself to save the world. Literally the exact opposite. That's how far this character has grown and changed. And all of that being in the books. And not just something relegated to the TV show. Characters have had arcs and growth and they've changed. And I like that about these books. Me too. But then (laughs) Illyria's sacrifice really feels like one big middle finger to Angel on two fronts. One, Fred is trapped in a hell dimension again. Two, (laughs) Angel has lost a loved one via portal. Remember that, baby? Not not you. I mean the physical baby. I understood what you meant. (laughs) But 
It's pretty rough for Angel and Fred. It is. But luckily at this point, Fred is now an immortal old one with all of the power. So I feel like that's a positive at least. And maybe the Fred part gets more buried when she's true Illyria. I don't know. I'm going to hope so. I don't think she's coming out anytime soon. No. The mayor goes up to Hearth. He's like, well, now that there are fewer demons, we don't have to split the power up with them. He's like, yeah, it's a good point. And he cuts off the mayor's head. Right then and there. So he doesn't have to share power with the mayor. So at the end of the day, as much as I like seeing the mayor, he didn't do much. I liked his fun quips. I like his one scene with Faith, but ultimately he didn't really add much to the story. And as I mentioned before, and this is more, you know, Monday morning quarterbacking, so it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. If I were doing this, I would have replaced the mayor with holland banners that we would have the wolferman heart connection you still could have basically had like the same like jovial evil guy you wouldn't have even had to change the dialogue all that much and you could have also included the idea of the shanshu prophecy which doesn't get brought up in here like maybe dangling in front of angel and spike and be like you guys could have this and they go like nah screw it we're gonna you know fight for what's right and blah 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 i like the mayor i think he's fun <laughs> thanks i like the thanks i for like backing me i like the more personal faith connection I totally get why you want more of a Wolfram and Hart connection, but I like the Faith part. Well, that'd be super dead because he doesn't have a head. Yes. Buffy, who still has her powers at Hearth, they throw down together. Frey gets into the fray, but is kind of tossed aside because she doesn't have any powers anymore. That one was on purpose. And Hearth overpowers no Buffy. No reaction. <laughs> Hearth overpowers Buffy, and he's just about to bite her neck. When all of a sudden he's like, ow, how did you do that? And Buffy's like, I didn't do anything. And the Slayer memories and the Slayer strength all come together at once. And we see flashes of the past. We see the first Slayer. We see Nikki Wood uh, post Robin's birth. We see Spike killing Nikki. We see Spike killing the Chinese Slayer. We see Buffy killing Angel. We see Drusilla killing Kendra. See Angel and Buffy kissing, all kinds of fun stuff. Yeah. So what we learned from Giles earlier is that males can have the Slayer memories every once in a while. It's very rare, but it doesn't last because it tends to drive them mad, basically. What and up, thus, Billy? this is happening. But Billy didn't have the Slayer memories nor the Slayer power. First game, first Slayer came to him, not the first. Sorry, I'm mixing up my first and Buffy. But the first Slayer coming to him in a dream is not the same thing as him getting all of the Slayer okay. powers. So I'm cool with that. But. So Hearth is incapacitated just by the power of the Slayers and that he can't shoulder it. And as Hearth is writhing in pain, Frey comes up behind him, gives Buffy the scythe, and Buffy stakes him. Yeah, and he dies really slowly because he still has Slayer power. And as he's dying, he gives Frey all of the Slayer memories, so now she is whole. And once all this happens, the power is released from the scythe, and all the Slayers get their strength back, and Faith is very happy to go kill some things. Yay! Yay, murder. Yay, the tide turning, and... Everybody winning. Yeah, and then they kind of wrap up everything off panel, but that's fine. It'd just be literally, you know, killing demons, and eh, we don't need to see that. We saw enough of that. Right, exactly. So we the battle is won. We see Dawn making a portal so that Aaron and Gates and Frey can go back to their future. They were invited to stay, but they really didn't think they belonged there, so they went back. They don't really belong there either, because as season 11 of Angel taught us, time travel is linear in this world, no split timelines. So the changes that they made by killing Hearth had huge implications on what Haddon Haddon is like. Instead of Manhattan, it's Haddon. Oh, right. I know you like that so much. On what Haddon is like. And And now it's clean. It's clean. It's bright. It's beautiful. And so... It's no longer a dystopian future. Now it's topian. They go to Glen- they go to Gunther to figure out what's going on, and Gunther's like, "Yeah, I've never seen you before, and you and your monkey need to leave." <laughs> Do 
which is appropriate. But in the Watcher diaries, Giles had written down when they were going to be arriving, and a group of Slayers are there to greet Aaron and Frey and to help integrate them into this new world, and they refer to them as family. So it's very sweet. Can't believe that Frey's story gets closure, too. There's crazy amounts that go into this. There really are. And then we cut to two weeks later, and that aptitude test, man. Can't get away from the aptitude test. Because it turns out that Buffy and Faith have both become police officers. But Faith keeps beating them up. Which also seems very Faith. But they're super excited about the pensions. I know that Faith's record was, you know, expunged at all. But really, an ex-murderer becoming a comp? Well, I'll just roll with the happy ending aspect of it. Yeah, you're overthinking it at this point. No, I never have. And so they go back and we find that pretty much everybody is having their happy ending. Back at Xander and Don's, there's a congratulations party for Buffy and Faith for, you know, going to Police Academy 1 through 6. And <laughs> you didn't like that joke. I don't is that a movie? Six movies. I don't know, I've never even heard of them. Andrew wants fight song to be the Watcher's theme. Yes. Um, I had to look up what that was. I did recognize it when I found it. Wow. See? I'm not up with pop music. I know. Buffy and Spike have another heart-to-heart where, again, they reiterate that they will always be there for one another. I thought that meant that they might get back together, but I read in the- Letters page. Letters page. Yeah, thank you. I read in the letters page that they were like, so they're back in the friend zone. You don't have to go on that rant. We know that you don't think the friend zone exists. The friend zone isn't a real thing. So anyway. There's only the I'm not attracted to you zone. So anyway. Buffy then leaves Spike and goes to have the same heart to heart with Angel. Give it more of a moment. Spike's like, hey, I'm not getting any older. Very much mirroring what Angel said to her before. And they hug and they're okay. But he says that Buffy should go take care of Angel because he's a big old mope because of that whole losing people through a portal thing. And so she basically goes through the whole conversation again with Angel. She gives him a head hug. And well, she doesn't have like, the whole, it's not a relationship I'm talk. Here. It's just that, you know, it's not your fault. And Angel decides that he isn't going to go after her because that's what she wanted. Also, she's way stronger than he is. Oh, yes, yeah, significantly. <laughs> but then something that I really like, Angel left in 1999. It's now 2011. And he's finally ready to come back. And he asked to stay. And Buffy, of course, graciously lets him stay. I don't know where Buffy's living right now, so doesn't really matter doesn't really matter but i'm sure you can't stay with xander because xander doesn't like him (laughs) right but it is very sweet that finally everybody has come home and so as much as they can we end with a backyard barbecue of course we do but before we finish the end of this story these final two pages i want to go back we're going to go back to the very beginning of season eight before we finish all of this and a few other places on the way season eight opens with the thing about changing the world once you do it the world's all different and with that same sentiment, season eight ends with... The trouble with changing the world is, you don't. Not all at once. You just inch it forward, a bit at a time, and watch it slip back, like the Greek guy with the rock. And you hope that when you're done, you've moved it up a little, changed it just enough. You hope. Let's go to work. Into the beginning of season 12, we didn't mention it because I was waiting, we see a quote from the Watcher's Press of 2027. The trouble with changing the world is, the world changes. And then we end our final season, our final story, with this sentiment. And what am I going to do now? Seems like my world's always been changing, so fast it makes my head spin. Cheerleader to slayer, slayer to general, general to nobody, girl to woman. If there's ever been a time I could kick back, give it all up, it's now. Monsters at a low, slayers at an all-time high, and I can definitely give myself a break. But the quiet life? I'm not sure that's me. There's always going to be something that needs fixing. Someone who needs help. I don't think I'll ever be able to just ignore that. And because I had to go and change the future, more so than ever, I have absolutely no idea what's coming. The trouble with changing the world is worth it. And our last image is all of our surviving main cast members at a barbecue. 
together. Everybody that Buffy loves all in one place. Without, nobody's there on vacation. Nobody's there trying to leave. They're just there. Andrew and Giles are playing Scrabble with things like the words Clem, Bronze, Acathla. Oh, we didn't mention one, one of my- One of them just says Mash. Yeah. I don't know what that one's for. Goodbye and Fiarl. And for one last nitpick, it doesn't end with a T, but it does in this Scrabble. One of them is cheating. I really liked that Frey, <laughs> when she gets sent back to Haddon, is wearing a bronze sweatshirt. That just made me smile. Yeah, we got him kicking around. And that's it. That is the end. So as a whole, while the season definitely could have benefited from having a little more breathing room, boy, they did the best they could have with everything. Oh, yeah. This is definitely the best that this whole group of people working on this could have done. It is by far better than anything that I could have imagined. I don't really like finales. I don't tend to watch them on TV in any way, shape, or form. I have about, I don't know, at least three for current shows that I'm watching that I refuse to watch their finale. So they've become... watched multiple times. What? But you've watched multiple times. Oh, yeah, the shows. Yeah, I've watched <laughs> the whole show multiple times, just not the finales. But this one was really good. This is how it should have ended. This is how it wanted to end. Um, Nobody died, which let's be super excited that I, the whole time I was like, nobody needs to die. Nobody should die. Nobody should die. And nobody died. No one got to Shanshu either, but my working theory behind that and the reason why I think Buffy and Spike can't be together, with the exception of the baby, I think this book wanted to end as status quo as much as possible. Leave options open for the possible return of them in the new show. Yeah, that you just didn't want to close off any doors to say like, oh, well, we were going to kill Xander in this, but we have the actor available, so I guess the comics don't count anymore. So I think the idea of just kind of leaving everyone with the exception of Xander and Don leaving things mostly separate, I think is probably an intentional choice. And maybe they're hoping that it'll turn into kind of the Dark Horse IDW relationship where things are tangentially related, but... No, that new series is going to have nothing to do with anything. I mean, I wasn't even going to talk about that, but yeah, Boom Studios has already announced a new series. Buffy's going back to high school. I didn't mean the new comics. I meant the new TV show. Oh, yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, that's what I was hoping for. No, I mean, if Buffy's going back to high school, then... Well, she's going back to high school with a smartphone, so my theory is it's a totally new canon. Oh, interesting. I mean, there's only been one teaser image release. It's just like, high school is hell, and it's like Buffy with a stake and a smartphone, and I don't remember smartphones in 97. Maybe it's a calculator. No. So I'm going to say new canon, or maybe the artist wasn't thinking about it. One of those two. But we're not here to talk about that. This is, it's satisfying. It is. There's, I can't believe all the stuff that they wrapped up. It is shocking how much they managed to fit into those four issues. I do wish there was a cookie reference, but what are you going to do? You also wish that there was a Shantru reference. I've heard all these. Yeah, yeah, but still. But I mean, you can't, I'm so impressed that they wrapped up Dark Willow. Like, (laughs) you can't take everything. Or Bad Willow, as you call her. (laughs) Whatever. I don't know. It's hard to kind of sum everything up. I mean, this has been an 11 year story and a lot of the same people have been involved for a lot, a lot of years. And while there are certainly highs and lows at different points, I think that the last couple of years, especially on the Buffy side between season 11 and then this, I think it kind of left on its strongest foot. Yes, this is since season eight, we'd been saying that they really could stand to kind of trim down some of the extra things. And this is very much the extreme on the other end. But yeah, it does show compared to 40 it does show how much depth and quality can be in such a short arc that it doesn't need to be 40 issues to be something of substance it's worth more now the four issues are worth more in my world they're more powerful more impactful and i really like that nobody died thanks guys and 
we'll see what's coming, but in my eyes, it's going to be really hard for me to consider anything but these stories, kind of the canon that happened after the show. Well, yeah, I mean, they even had Joss's seal of approval, so it's not like... It's been a lot of years, and I'm not going to just like, is... flippantly be like, well, that's done. Yeah, this is not just... Not that there's anything wrong with it, but this is not fan fiction. This is creator-created fiction. Yeah. I mean, we'll see what's coming next, but I think this was a hell of a way to go out. I think it ended just right. And I, boy, I love that they tied that dialogue back in. I know. And you guys don't know, but I got texts frequently <laughs> throughout the day when the shipment was coming that had this last comic in it. And uh, when I was reading it, when I was done with it. Oh, and I'll share this little anecdote. So, I mean, obviously running the comic shop, I got this in a couple of days before it was out. So I got to sit down and read it and I, kind of, I found it in the box and I went and I sat down and I'm taking my time and I'm reading through it. And I hit about the last three pages and on the Pandora station that I have running in the store, I have the band um, Four Star Marion there, which if you don't know, that is the real life band that filled in like as Oz's fake band in the show. And of course, as I'm hitting like the last three pages, that's the band that comes on. And also, of course, I have that on my Pandora at the store because of course. Of course. But I just thought that was very cosmically As you cried? I did not. Did you cry? No. Did you get glassy-eyed? Yes. (laughs) You're like, everything's a sign. Buffy. (laughs) Well, she's not dead. I never thought she would be. I questioned it. I never thought it. Not one not one second. So now that the story's done, I guess the question for the podcast is what's next? What is next? I don't actually know. Oh, I know. Um, ideally we're going to be doing some interviews there's one of them that's definitely happening so yay but hopefully we're going to have a few more people on i've kind of intentionally been waiting to the end of things because you know once it was the end of things might as well throw in all of the interviews yeah well well, just if you can talk about everything at the end might as well like what's the point of trying to do it like well two two issues (laughs) we have two issues to go can't talk about them yeah so i figured we'll wait till the end so yeah hopefully more interviews are coming i have a couple of editorial shows that i want to do that are planned out and then I mean, you'll know it when it happens, but our last episode is going to be the biggest thing we've ever done. I have to do all the work. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. I do know about that one. That is going to be a beast. I know. That is going to take some time. But we still have a bit left to come. So come on back, I think, in two weeks for one or the other things. I don't even know which one's coming up next. Yeah. But something, yeah. So we still have a little bit left to go. We're not going to end here because I think there is still a little bit left to talk about. And honestly, if you haven't read this, please do. It is exactly how it should end. It would just don't follow my lead. But also in the future with Firefly going over to Boom Studios, I think we'll still do the Firefly stuff with Whedon being evolved. And I think that'll count as canon. As far as the future Buffy comics go, I honestly don't know. Maybe it'll be like a Patreon thing, but the point of this show was to one, like do review and do commentary, but also try and smooth out like what actually counts, especially that early stuff is so confusing. And the point of the show is never to kind of like cast a wide net, but try and focus the beginning of everything because sometimes you know especially working in the store people come and be like so how do these things work i'm like well why don't you sit down for the next 15 minutes and i can explain to you licensing in different companies and how some things came out here and some things came out there but then they weren't actually happening at the same time or in any kind of order so That's instead we recorded of- hours and hours and hours and hours and hours <laughs> saying that yeah. just in case you didn't want to listen to the 15 minute spiel yeah it really expanded itself but we'll be back i think in two weeks time don't know what episode with something it's gonna be. Maybe an interview, maybe kind of an editorial one. But we'll be here. We hope that you enjoy season 12 in its entirety. 
We really did. If you want to find anything about the show or the store, editorsnotecomics.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, we always like hearing from people. If you want to shoot us an email, editorsnotecomics at gmail.com. And if you want to get our season 12 issue by issue reviews, there were non-spoilers and spoilers, although we just spoiled everything, so that's kind of pointless now. But you can get that over on patreon.com slash editorsnotecomics, a minimum of a buck a month. And you'll also be able to get whatever episodes we have coming out a whole week before they were released to the general public. I think that about covers it. Yeah. Weird. We're done. For now. Not done, done, but we have reviewed, summarized, commentated the story. Wow. And now it's time for our episode by episode commentary tracks that you can put on over the episodes as they play. That's up. No. Good no. Lord. No. No. Never. never. No, no, no. <laughs> but thanks for listening, guys. Keep on listening. We're going to have more stuff. We'll be back. Bye. Bye.